Hey everyone, thanks for checking out Limitless Podcast. We are the young adult community of House of Prayer Church in San Antonio, Texas. Our hope and our prayer is that through this message, you will be encouraged and inspired to know Jesus more, no matter where you are on your faith journey. Enjoy the message. But this week, I'm going to talk about a message. The title of today's message is called The Two Trees, all right? The Two Trees. Y'all may have heard this message before, but I want to talk to y'all on the topic of the two trees. And tonight, there's a key question that I want you to ask yourself, that I want to ask you guys, all right? And the key question is, what is going to be my approach to God? This is a very critical thing, is what is your, going to be your approach to God. So this is important in your relationship with God. And I, re- I want to read 2 Corinthians 5.16. It says, So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. And that is, that's what it's all about, is about not knowing about God, but knowing him having a relationship with him and how differently, can you say, can some of y'all say that, man, how differently I know God now compared to the way I used to know him or compared to the the perspective I used to have? And that's what I I kind of want to mention tonight is the way we view our journey with, toward God is very important, the way we view it. All right. And I think uh, many people have a, a wrong view or a wrong perspective about Christianity or about a relationship with God. And there are two different approaches that I'm going to talk about tonight, two different approaches that we could have um, as we go towards our relationship with God. And I believe many people are taking the wrong approach. More, more people, I believe, are taking the wrong approach than the right approach with God. And I think a lot of people see Christianity and a relationship with God as, man, as something like this, like, man, this is something I have to endure, rather than, wow, this is something I get to enjoy, there's a big difference between those two, right? <laughs> okay, so um, I, I want to talk about these two things. And as we start a relationship with God or as we continue our relationship with God, um, what we do is important. But even more important than that is how we do it. Okay, I'm going to say it another way. Y'all getting that? So not only is what we do important, it's how we do it. And another way I could say this is the choices that you make in life are important. But how we make those choices are even more important. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? It's, it's our approach. It's our motives behind them, all right? Um, a, few, a few years ago, I used to have a job that I was um, able to talk to a lot of people, all right? I had a, had a relationship with a lot of people. And um, I, I had the opportunity to share Christ with a lot of people at that job. And um, there were a few instances where I'll talk to, to some, an individual a couple of different, few, few different people about Christ, and um, their response will kind of be like, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not, I'm not a very religious person. And they'll tell me those things, and, and um, I came up, came up with something clever to respond to that. And, um, and whenever somebody would tell me that, I'm not a very religious person, kind of like, ah, oh, I've tried that before, and it's not, it hasn't worked out for me. Um, my response would be, you know what, yeah, me too. And I'll tell them, I'm not a very religious person either. Um, and I'll tell them my testimony. It would open up a door for me to share my testimony with them. And I'll tell them, you know what? I've been in church my entire life. I'm actually a, a pastor's kid. And, um, and I'll tell them, but that doesn't mean anything. 
I'll tell them I've never missed a Sunday or a Wednesday night church service in my entire life unless I was on vacation. But that does not mean anything. And so it would open up a door for me to have a conversation with them and tell them about Jesus and a relationship with him and, and the difference between religion and a relationship. But whenever they would say, I'm not a very religious person, I kind of understood what they were saying. Right? They're, basically, they were saying kind of like, I'm not a perfect person, right? I, I, I can't live up to those rules. I know that's a bunch of rules and regulations, and I, I don't, I, that's not me, right? And I think a lot of people kind of have that approach to Christianity or to God, um, that, that same perspective about it. It's kind of like, man, I had to be perfect, or I had to live up to a certain standard, or I had to follow a bunch of rules, when really it's not like that. And, um, but, but like I've been mentioning, our approach to God what's going on on the inside of us, all right? Your motivation behind everything, why you're coming to church, why you're pursuing God, what's your motivation behind it? Is it because, oh, if I could get that job I've always wanted <laughs> or if I could get in that relationship that I've always wanted and, and you live for God for what he could do for you. But take away all of that and what if God never did anything for you? Would you still serve him? Would you still live for him? Think about that. Well, you, you can't live for God because of what he does for you. You have to live for him because of what he did for you. He died for us, right? He conquered the grave. He conquered sin. He conquered death for us. He took the punishment that we deserve so that we didn't have to. Have to he faced hell so that we wouldn't have to. So it's all about our approach. Now, this approach is talked about in the, in the second story of the entire Bible, okay? I want to talk about that. So the first story of the entire Bible, we know it, right? It's when God created, he was creating. We talked about that in the, in two weeks ago or three weeks ago in the message of God's greatest desire. He created some things, he made some things. So that was the first story of the Bible. But the second story of the Bible, and also of our lives, so the first story of our lives is God created us, right? We were born. But the second story of the Bible and of our lives is God gave us a choice, okay? So God created us, first story. Second thing is God gave us a choice, all right? So you have a choice. Say that with me. Say, I have a choice. And that choice of how you approach God and how you're going to become godly and how you're going to do things, it's critical. Now, I want to read in Genesis uh, chapter 2, if you want to turn there in your, in your Bibles or your Bible apps, Genesis chapter 2 verse 8 and 9, and then also I'm going to jump to 16. It says, Then the Lord God planted a garden in, the Eden, uh, in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, uh, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So, well, jump to 16, verse 16 and 17 says, but the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. So sometimes we could read that book and um, my, my kids are small right now. We're trying to teach them the Bible. Sometimes we read them Bible stories and sometimes we could think of that story right there of Adam and Eve and we think of it kind of like a children's storybook and anytime you've, you've seen a children's storybook of Adam and Eve, you see them and they're, they're both naked, right? And, but they're all covered up and Eve has long hair, right? Covering herself up and Adam's there covering himself up behind a bush, right? And, and you see them and they're holding an apple and the apple has a, a, 
a bite in it. But the Bible never says anything about an apple. It's not an apple. It talks about the fruit, all right? But we could see a storybook like that, and we'd be, we could think, like, hey, that's the day that they sinned. Or that's the day that they chose between God and not God. Or that's the day they chose good or bad. Or that's the day that they chose uh, to be a Christian or to be a rebel. And that's really not what it was at all. Those two, it's not between those two choices. Now, let me show you the two choices we have, all right? Verse 8 and 9. It says, in the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Those are the two choices right there. Are y'all getting that? So check this out. These are two approaches. This relates to us today because these are the two choices that we have to live or to eat from every single day. Okay? And based on which tree that you choose is going to determine if you're living in relationship or religion. All right? So check this out. So the tree of life is one option, right? That's the tree that he said they could eat from. Or the tree of knowledge of good and evil. See, that, that's, that's, that, this is the third thing now. So the third story of the Bible is Satan coming into the li- to our lives and trying to derail our faith. So let's go to Genesis chapter 3. So first, God created us. First, second, God gave us a choice. And third, Satan comes and tries to tempt us. All right? So Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. This is the story of Satan. Um, so stick, stick around with me, right? Stay with me. Don't, don't let me lose y'all guys. Verse 1, it says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. And listen to the way way Satan works. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. And the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took of the, uh, some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too, at that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves up. So this is Satan's attempt. And check this out. So it was her desire to be like God. He says he knows that you would, you would be like God if you eat from this, this tree. So she had a good motive, right? She wanted to be like God. And Satan used her good motive to be like God against her. He used her attempt to pursue a relationship with God against her. And so this is important because this is the same attempt that that Satan uses against us, against you and me, to get us into religion, eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil rather than a relationship, the tree of life. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? So um, even in church, our, our our attempt to pursue God it could be, it might sound like you're eating from the tree of life, but you could be swinging to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and not realize it. So there's these two trees. One tree is a tree where, you, where comes relationship with God, grace. The other tree comes uh, religion, dead works, 
uh, one tree, the tree of life, has love, joy, peace, right? Uh, security, satisfaction. And then the other tree, knowledge of good and evil, ha- has shame, guilt, dead works, insecurities, fear. So I want to take uh, three different looks at these two different trees, all right? If y'all stick around with me, I'm gonna look, we're going to look at three different looks at these two different trees that we have a choice to eat from every single day. All right, so y'all ready? And the reason I'm going to give y'all three different looks is because these trees could seem so similar where you don't realize you're eating out of religion and you're eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, so I'm going, to, I'm going to show y'all how, okay, so the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the bad tree that we don't want to eat from, says this, all right? It says The first thing it says is do more to get to God. You have to do more to get to God. And many people see God, we're talking about our viewpoint of God, our perspective, and they see God as a performance-based God. And, and let me tell you something, God is not looking for performance. He's looking for relationship. And, and we could be coming to church and we could be trying to strive to, to get God's attention or trying to strive, uh, strive to get to God when we don't have to do that. And, and like I, I mentioned uh, um, a couple messages ago, religion is man's attempt to get to God. There's all these different religions out there. They're attempting. They make different rules, regulations that are nowhere in the Bible, and it's their attempt to get to God. But Christianity is God's attempt to get to man. That's why Jesus came down from heaven to earth so that we could be reconciled to God, to have a relationship with him. So that's what the tree of knowledge of good and evil says. You have to do more to get to God. And if we have this approach, then we're eating from the wrong tree, which leads to death. That, remember, God said, if you eat from this tree, you would die. And Satan says, you won't die. But they didn't die physically, but they died spiritually the moment they ate that fruit. And so when we eat this fruit every day of, of making decisions based, knowledge-based, Rather, than just we're making decisions based off, is this good for me or is this bad for me? When you live life like that, it leads to death, to dead dreams, to dead works, to dead relationships. Um, but if you live it from a transformed life and from the inside out, knowing, God, I know what you've done for me, and I'm forever grateful, and I, I want to have a relationship with you, and I love you, and you, you, you live from him out of the tree of life, it leads to life. It leads to peace. It leads to joy. There's a, there's a huge difference. Okay, so the tree of knowledge of good and evil says that. Now, the tree of life says this. It says, receive the fact that Jesus has already done it. The tree of knowledge of good and evil says, do more. The tree of life says, Jesus already did it. And this realization, if we could get this, man, it would relieve so much pressure off of you. Growing up in church, I had this perspective in the tree of knowledge of good and evil where I had to do more. And I had a, I had a, a crazy amount of pressure on me to perform. And, and it, it caught, it caught, whenever I would sin or I would do something wrong, I would be in such shame and I would hide and I wouldn't want anybody to know. And I would try to act like everything was okay in church, right? It, can anybody else relate? And, and, it, and it, it puts an immense amount of pressure on you to perform. 
But if you realize Jesus already did it, he already came, he lived the perfect life that I couldn't live, he died the death that I couldn't die, he faced the hell that I couldn't face, he already did it for us. All you got to do is trust him. All you got to do is, is, is realize that. And this realization would bring so much life and freedom to you. It would bring the freedom that you long for. That everything that needed to get done, needed to be done, it got done. <laughs> it's already been done. Um, and I, I relate to this so much because when, when I first started a, a devotional life with Jesus, a, a, a real relationship with God, um, and he opened my eyes, it, it was great to, have, to spend time with him. And it was something I made up my mind to spend one hour with God all the time, whenever in my devotion time. And even there's a scripture that, said, that Jesus says, can't you, can't you spend time with me at least one hour? He told his disciples, right? So I made up my mind. I wanted to, to, to spend an hour a day with Jesus. And I would do that. And it was great. And I was building my relationship with God. But then after a while, I started looking at the clock, started looking at the time, right? I'm like, man, has it been an hour yet? <laughs> I got to get on with my day. And then I, I kind of realized I started swinging over to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And instead of living out of the tree of life, a relationship with God, I started going over and doing my devotional life out of a religious routine from the tree of knowledge of good and evil because it's the right thing to do, right? So it, it, you got to think about it like this. So like I'm married, my wife, Trelawney, if, what if I treated her that way? Like, okay, babe, we have an hour, <laughs> Come on, get everything you need to say. Get it out. <laughs> Let's talk about our day. Okay, like it's time's up. I got to get to my next thing. What kind of relationship would that be? So it's not, it's, it's not about that. It's about having a real, genuine, passionate, loving relationship. And I can't tell you how much time we spend together because it's just all the time. I mean, I'm at, I'm at work. We go to work, but we come I and mean, I talk on the phone, do different things. And it's hard to say how much time we spend together, Right? And same thing with God, my relationship with God. It's hard to say how much time we spend together because he's someone I'm talking to all the time. And I'm, I'm praying in my car sometimes, and uh, there's people probably driving by me, like, was that guy talking to himself or what? What is he doing in his car? But, um, but we have to have this realization that it takes the pressure off. We don't have to worry, worry about doing more. But if we're not careful, we could be swinging from tree to tree without realizing it. Uh, John chapter 5. Are you getting something out of this? John chapter 5, verse 39 says, you search the scriptures, this is Jesus, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me, yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. He's talking to the Pharisees. So the Pharisees were religious leaders that knew the Bible incredibly well. They knew the Bible from cover to cover, they knew everything about everything that it said. And he's telling them, he's saying, you're searching the scriptures because you think that they lead to eternal life, but the scriptures are about me. And there's many people who are, who are performance-based and they're like, oh, I read my entire Bible. I already read it today. And I know more about the Bible. I know more of the Bible than you. And they kind of size you up. And I, I've kind of come across people like that where they, they're really impressed with their, with their knowledge of the Bible. And... Uh, and I've told y'all before that it's, it's not about what you know. It's about who you know. And it's not about the chapters that you read, but it's, a, it's about knowing Jesus through those chapters that you read. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what the Bible is. It's not a, a checklist to do something good. It's about getting to know Jesus more. So in other words, Jesus was telling them, you think the amount of your reading makes you godly, but it doesn't. The amount of your reading doesn't make you godly. It's about knowing God more, about getting in his presence, letting him rub off on you. Okay, so that's the first thing. Now, the second thing, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil says, keep trying to get God's approval. Keep trying to get God's approval. And this approach has the perspective that God probably doesn't like me that much, as much as that person. Maybe you might think that. You might, you know what? God doesn't like me as much as he likes Stephen. Or you know what? Trelawney seems nice. He probably likes, God probably likes her a lot more than he likes me. But that is completely the furthest thing from the truth. You, you don't have to try to earn his favor. That's what grace is. Grace is the undeserved favor of God. And, and also people have this view of God as, as he's a... He's a mad God, <laughs> and he's, wait, he's waiting for me to mess up. But no, the Bible describes God as our father. He's our heavenly father. And me being a father, it's taught me so much about God's relationship with us. And I'm not looking at my kids waiting for them to mess up. <laughs> I'm not looking at them waiting for them to, to get mad at them. And God loves you way more than, than we could love. The Bible says that we only love because Christ loved us first. So if me being an earthly, sinful father, I mean, could love my kids so much, how much more can God, being perfect, being love itself, love you and love me? And that, that's what the, the tree of knowledge of, of good and evil is saying. is saying you have to keep trying, keep trying to get God's approval. Have you ever known anybody who, you do not want to get on their bad side. <laughs> Whenever you get married, you're going to have in-laws and you're going to think about that. Like, oh, I don't want to get on their bad side. So you try your hardest to stay on their good side. And a lot of people think that they try to have to earn to stay on God's good side. But you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to earn your, to get on God's good side. But the tree of life, the good tree, says this. Receive the fact that he already loves you. And he actually can't love you any more than he already does. Even on our worst day, he loves you the same. Even when you are eating from the tree of the knowledge, good and evil. Even when you are religious, he loves you the same. As if when you're, not, as when you're passionate about him and you love him. Now, he doesn't love what we do on our worst day, right? That's not what I'm saying. But he loves us just the same. And, and Ezra, as he's getting older, my son, he's three years old. And he, um, we're trying to teach him right now. We're trying to discipline him. We're trying to, to help the brother out, all right? Because he, he's, he he's not easy on his little sister. And he beats up on her. And he pushes her. And he makes her cry and all that stuff. And, and he knows as, when he does something wrong, he goes and he runs and he hides. It's a natural thing for us to do. When we mess up on our worst day, we tend to want to go and hide. That's what Adam and Eve did. They went and they hid from God and they covered their nakedness. Rather than being innocent, 
they felt guilty, they felt shameful. And there's a difference between guilt and shame. Okay, so guilt is you're guilty because of what you've done. But shame is you're shameful because of who you are. And that's eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil leads to guilt and to shame. And you end up being, you're guilty, you're shameful of who you are, you can't face people, you feel like you're a mess up, you're a screw up. But you have to realize, you have to get this revelation that he already loves you. And um, there, there were times in my younger days where, <laughs> where I messed up big time. And um, I'll tell you what, like I, I messed up big time and it was hard to face my parents, but I needed them during those times. And they did not reject me. In fact, when I messed up the most is when I needed them the most is when I needed my dad the most, when I needed my, my mom the most, and they were there for me. And it's the same thing. When you mess up, don't fall into, into guilt and shame and you run from God. No, when you mess up, run to God. See, that's the difference between both trees is, is one tree causes you to run and hide while the other tree causes you to run to God. Uh, Romans 5, 8 says this. It says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So even before we accepted him, he already loved us that much. He already died for us. So you have to realize if you could realize this, if you could get this revelation, you, I'm telling you, it takes all the pressure off of you. Um, but if you don't have this correct view of God, your approach is going to be wrong and your journey is going to be wrong. And I tell you, I'm telling you, you're going to be frustrated and, you, and you, Satan may very well derail you. And you're going to be like one of those people that says, I tried that already. <laughs> I tried going to church. I tried to be religious. It didn't work for me. It's because you are living from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So um, that's the second thing. Now, the third thing, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil says, obey out of duty. The bad tree says, obey out of duty. And, they, and people see the Bible as a list of rules and regulations, do's and don'ts. And it does. There are, command, there are a lot of commands in the Bible that say love, give, forgive. Right? Y'all read the Bible before. Y'all, y'all, y'all have heard those things before. But this tree, obeying out of duty, says it. do it because God said it. Do it because I said so, right? But this is what the tree of life says. The tree of life says, obey God out of delight. Not out of duty, out of delight. Let it be a delight from your heart, a transformation from your heart. Not because I have to, but because I want to. I want to be pleasing to my father. I want to be pleasing to Jesus. It's a joy. It has to become a joy to you. And uh, let me tell you something about, about what we do. Like, I don't have to do what I do. It's not something, like, I don't have to do this. I don't have to preach. I get to preach. I get to do this. And even though it could be hard sometimes, um, it, it's an honor. It's a privilege to be able to, to live for God, to serve God, to do his work on this earth. 
to bring people to him, to bring people to his kingdom, to make an eternal impact, to save people from going to hell, right? It's, it's a delight to be able to, to have a part in that. First uh, John chapter five and verse three, it says, in fact, this is love for God to keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome. That's the key right there. You might think, oh yeah, Stephen, watch, look, uh-huh. You have to keep his commands, right? That's how you, whatever, how do you love him? But it says his commands are not a burden on you. His commands, let me tell you this, his commands are not meant to add a weight to your life. His commands are made to remove the weight from your life. Are y'all getting that? Um, And let me tell you something, they are hard to do if you're eating from the other tree. They are hard to do if you're eating from the tree of knowledge of just good and evil out of a knowledge based. They are hard to do. But in the tree of life, they are no longer a burden. Good works is no longer a burden. You want to do what is right. It's not a duty. It's a delight. Are y'all getting that? So how do I do this? Stephen, how do I live from the tree of life? I'm going to give you four things, okay, really quick how we live from the tree of life. So four choices we can make every single day because we have to make these choices every day. It's not just on Tuesday nights. It's not just on Sunday mornings. Every day we make these choices to live from the tree of life. Number one, fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus. And you might think, yeah, easier said than done. (laughs) Right? And I get that. But let me tell you something. If you're thinking that, you don't know two things. You don't know who he is and you don't know what he's done. Because if you knew who God is and you knew that he's, he's loving and he's gentle, he's passionate about you, he's crazy about you, and you knew what he did, you got the revelation of what he did, that he came down here, he, he faced um, Man, he, he faced hell, he faced, faced death, he faced sin, he faced the devil face to face for us. And you realize what he did for us? It, it, you'll be able to fall in love with God when you realize those two things. John, check this out. John 14, 15 says this. If you love me, keep my commands. Another translation says, if you love me, you will do what I command. And during this, just through this one scripture, you could see the two trees, okay, the two perspectives. Now, the tree of knowledge of good and evil is the way I used to read this verse a lot. And whenever you read it out of knowledge base and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, what you hear is you read that, you say, if you love me, and it says, if you love me, you would do what I say, right? You could hear, you could hear the tone in that. But if you hear it from the tree of life and out of a relationship standpoint, you could read that verse and and it will give you a totally different perspective. And it was saying, and he's saying, Jesus is saying, if you fall in love with me, you would do what I command. It'll be automatic if you just fall in love with me. And and see, those are two different, totally different perspectives. but here's the difference. There's a difference between, it's, it's what side of the comma, it, 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 that's important, is what side of the comma do you start with? 
Okay, are you starting from the first part or the second part? Are you just trying to say, okay, obey, my, obey God and then I'll love him? Or are you saying, no, I'm going to fall in love with God first and then you'll obey him? Then it will be out of your heart because you love him. Think of it this way. I think of it like my marriage as an example. Now, I could, <laughs> I could try to be on my best behavior in my marriage and try not to go out with other women <laughs> and try not to, to, to go and lust and, and things like that and try my hardest every day not to do that and try to, try to do good and to try to stay with Trelawney. Or I could just fall in love with her <laughs> and not even worry about anybody else, Right? It's the same thing with God. We, you, could do, you could try hard and I'm trying hard, God, I'm trying to do this. Or you could just fall in love with Jesus. <laughs> it's two totally, totally different journeys of faith. All right, so that's the, um, the first thing is fall in love with Jesus. The second thing is serve God through relationships, not rules. Serve God through relationships, not rules. So you have to, like I said, these are choices you have to make every single day, right? So you have to make the conscious decision every day that the reason you're doing something is out of a relationship, not out of rules. Like the reason you're coming to church is not because it's just a good thing to do. You're doing it because out of a relationship. God, I want to know you more. I want to build godly relationships, right? Every day when you wake up and you want to have prayer time with God, don't think of it as a burden, like, oh, man, I got to do that. You don't have to. But if you want to know God more, right, I mean, get to know him, spend time with him. Um, and there's sayings like, you, you, you are who you hang out with, right, or, or show me your friends, I'll show you your future. There, there's sayings like that. And let me tell you, the more you hang out with Jesus, the more you become like him. The more you get in his presence, the more you become like him. The stronger your relationship with God becomes, the more you live out of his word. The closer you, you are getting to God, the more you're becoming like him. And let me tell you this, guys. Um, who you are becoming is more important than what you're doing. Who you are becoming is more important than what you're doing. Um, and there's a quote that I want to give you all guys, and it says this. Temptation is a test of your relationship, not your self-control. I'm going to say that again. Temptation is a test of your relationship, not a test of your self-control. So if you're being tempted and you keep giving in to temptation, don't try to check, check your, your self-control. Try to check the integrity of your relationship with God. How strong is that relationship? And the third thing I want to give you all guys, the third um, pointer here, is respond to all sin with life. Respond to all sin with life. This means other people's sin and your own sin. So here we are. Think about this. So we're, we're in a relationship with Jesus, and we're, we're living from relationship, not rules, but you're still going to mess up. <laughs> Sorry to tell you the bad news. Uh, you're still going to mess up, but here's the choice that you have. Remember, we have two choices. Is what tree are you going to live from when you do mess up? 
See, in the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you feel condemned when you mess up. Uh, But when you live from the tree of life and you mess up, you feel convicted. Now, let me tell you the difference. So condemnation, being condemned, it it says, hey, you messed up and you're a bum. But, But being convicted says, hey, you messed up, but let me show you a way out. There is a way out. Don't run the opposite direction. Don't, don't give up. No, run to me. Don't run from me. That's what conviction says. But condemnation, it, it gets you to, to go backwards. It gets you to, to turn your back on God. It gets you to turn to other things. And, and let me tell you something. This is a lot easier for us to receive uh, for ourselves. Like if we mess up, everybody wants forgiveness, right? But it's a lot harder to give when others mess up or when others sin against you. So respond to all sin with life. So if somebody sins against you, you have to remember, you have to respond with life the way Jesus did. When he, even when he was being crucified, when he's being nailed to the cross, he responded with life in his response to those people that were crucifying him. Romans 8.1 says, it says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Isn't that good? <laughs> There's no condemnation. And I want to close with a story. Many of us know the story in the Bible. The woman caught in the act of adultery, right? The woman, she was, um, the, the Pharisees caught her in the act of adultery. She was cheating on her husband. And she was, I don't know if the guy that she was with was, was cheating on his wife. But they came and brought this woman to Jesus, and they threw her down, and they told Jesus, they said, they said, hey, teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery, and the law of Moses, they're saying the Bible says that she has to be stoned and put to death, right? Y'all know the story? And Jesus said, okay, you're right. It does say that. And he says, but The one who doesn't have any sin, who's never sinned, you stone her first. And then he went went down, he started writing in the ground. And I don't know what he was writing. The Bible doesn't say what he wrote in the ground. But um, I kind of think that what he was doing when he kneeled down and wrote in the ground was um, he was writing names like of the women, those guys, those religious leaders were probably messing around with, (laughs) Right? And he was writing, like, Jessica. <laughs> and then that. And it says that the one person after, one religious leader left, and then the next religious leader left. And then he wrote on there, um, Sarah. <laughs> and then the next person left and walked off. <laughs> right? It doesn't say that, but I don't know. I, 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 it, that's probably what Jesus did. Jesus was pretty funny. Um, but, but here's the thing is, is what he told this woman. He gave her grace but he also gave her truth. See, the, the hyper of all of this is like, okay, so it's all about a relationship. Then God doesn't care what I do. Yes, he does. <laughs> I, I've been giving you the example of my, my wife and, and, and I's relationship. Yeah, of course we care about what we're doing, right? Of course God cares about what you're doing. He cares about who you're becoming. But here's the thing. That this is what grace is. Jesus told this woman, he says, Hey, he said, woman, where are your accusers? 
where are all those that came and threw you here a moment ago and wanted to stone you? They're gone. And he says, neither do I condemn you. So that was grace. But then he says, now go and leave your life of sin. That was truth. He was saying that life that you're living, it's not good for you. It leads to death. Let me show you another way that leads to life, right? So, and that's the, the, the last thing I want to give you really quick is just guard your heart from going back. Guard your heart from going back to the other tree. So you might have the question, what are you going to do to be godly? That's the question tonight. What are we going to do as we close? What are we going to do to be godly? What is going to be our approach as we approach a relationship with God? And here's your answer. You have to make a choice all the time. Make a choice to live out of the tree of life. And this last scripture, Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, says this, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life. Listen to God's heart behind that. So that you and your descendants might live. That's what he wants. He wants you to live out of his, his relationship, relationship with him, out of the tree of life. So as we bow our heads, as we close our eyes, let's just take a couple of moments alone with just you and with God. Of course, there's others here, but it's very important just to have a moment alone with God during this time. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for... Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for your voice. God, and if anybody gets anything here tonight, let them get, God, that you desire them, God. You desire to have a relationship with them, God. You, you want to know them more, God. God, and today is the day, God. Now is the time, Lord, God, to, to live for you, God, to, to know you more. We trust in you, God. We trust in you, Jesus. God, you're good. You're faithful. That is who you are, God. You're righteous. You're holy, God. There is nothing impure about you. You're completely pure, God. You're completely holy. You're righteous, God. That is who you are, God. And thank you for what you've done, Jesus. God, you laid down your divinity in heaven, Jesus, and you took the place of a man. You came down, God, and you, Lord, you lived the life that we couldn't live. You died the death that we couldn't die, God. You faced the hell we couldn't face, God. God, and you rose from the grave. That's, that's what you did for us, Jesus, and you've given us the victory. Now you've, you've brought us, Lord God, in relationship with the Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. God, open up our eyes. Open up, open up our spirits, our hearts, God, to this truth. God, that we will not live out of that tree, God, the tree of just a knowledge-based understanding, God. But God, let us live out of life, the life you, you give us, God. You, your, your word says you came that they may have life and life more abundantly. 
God, help us, Lord. We want to love you more, God. You're so good to us, God. We only love because you first loved us. God, we trust in you. God, that's what it's about. It's about trust, trusting you. God, let us trust you today, God. God, as we leave here, God, don't let the enemy steal this word from our hearts. God, let this this word be hidden in our hearts, God. As we go home, God, let just speak to these young people, God. Speak to us, God, as we even go home and we sleep tonight. Speak to us, God, in dreams, in visions, God. As we wake up in the morning, God, tomorrow, speak to us, God. You're always speaking to us, God. God, open up our ears. Let us listen. God, let us listen, Lord. Help us, Holy Spirit. We trust in you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen, amen. Thanks for listening to the message. If you'd like to stay up to date with what's happening at Limitless, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook at Hop Limitless. If you enjoyed the message today, please subscribe so that you'll always be in the know of our latest content. We'll catch you next time on the Limitless Podcast.